Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we all are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John, Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two, and we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey, and welcome back to Buffy Virgin. We took a, a little hiatus, uh, mostly my fault, but we are back now with Doppelgangland. Uh, I am your host, horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. We have with us today uh, uh, Michael the Virgin Police. Hello, I'm the Virgin. I've seen only up to Doppelgangland in season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We have Dr. Travis, Medicine Man. Hi, I've actually only seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nothing else, ever. <laughs> and we have John Teach Lando. I have uh, seen everything. So now you know what we've seen and what we haven't seen. Uh, so we are going to begin this episode with reactions. Um, we have a, uh, a YouTube comment from Sagov9 um, in reaction to last week's episode. Uh, Mike, do you want to read that? Uh, sure, yeah. So the comment here is uh, from the YouTube is, I didn't mean to cause all this controversy, smiley face. My comment specifically referred to the virginity prediction, not the having sex with a monster he doesn't know is a monster. In the Inkamumbi Girl podcast, I did not hear it had taken place, uh, that had taken place in the fourth season. Maybe the condition was added in a different episode. So we're talking about the last time we recorded. Uh, there was a lot of debate, too much debate, possibly. Too much debate. A little, a little <laughs> inter-friendship drama happened last week. Um, I love you, I, Travis. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, I was you know, Travis going through all these changes. For, for pushing his buttons. <laughs> I keep uh, telling people I'm going through changes. <laughs> The phases of the moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... well, controversy was caused regardless. Uh, we can apparently only discuss uh, whether or not Xander willfully had sex with a monster uh, for three hours, and that is the max amount of time we can spend on it. Uh, yeah, hours. Per- not your fault, Sagov Nine. I think. Uh, yeah, not your fault. Thank you. I for think that. that's on us. <laughs> on me. <laughs> um, uh we did also have uh um other people i didn't write it in the notes but like uh elizabeth who's been a guest on the show uh made a comment about faith thinks maybe faith thinks of herself as a monster but we're just gonna move on past the faith monster stuff uh on twitter um ran in oz uh gave us a um uh yes for the nuanced convo on the patriarchy with the little clappy emojis between words um so thank you that's really nice of you to say i feel like we're often uh out of our depths when we're talking about the patriarchy but we try um so thanks uh dingo action's reaction to uh last week's episode was in which travis reaches his limit with the predictions controversy and then laughed uh which also gave us more info about the Buffy game uh, with the Super Soaker was exclusive to the Xbox, uh, not compatible with the Xbox One, but could play on the 360. He says, there is no drowning combat mechanic, but if you fall into water, it's a fail state. Uh, so that uh, backs up Travis's theory that Joss Whedon can't swim. He has no idea how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> Bathtubs, there's no tub in his house, I bet. It's all showers. No. But if you fall in the water, you're dead in Buffy world. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, uh, those are our uh, Twitter and YouTube comments. Thank you guys. Uh, let's move on to summary. I believe we have a summary from uh, John. Yes. Hey, remember Anya? The monkey's paw demon who created a Buffy-free universe for Cordelia? Well, her last appearance on the show left her as a lowly student of Sunnydale High, stripped of her powers and desperate to regain her magical amulet. She can't do it alone. She's gonna need somebody with magical powers. Someone with a lousy self-image who can be easily manipulated. Someone like Willow. The spell goes a little wonky, and instead of summoning a magical amulet, it summons a vampirical willowlet. This evil blood-sucking version of Will hits the ground running, and within a single evening, she has Sunnydale's vampire community on its knees and is ready to take control of the town, starting with everyone's favorite all-ages bar. What ensues is truly a comedy of terrors. The gang sees Vampire Willow and assumes the worst, only to have their grieving interrupted by Willow Prime. Vampire Willow attempts a mirror match makeout with Human Willow. Unbelievable! Cordelia makes Evil Willow listen to a speech about evil. The evils of boyfriend stealing, that is. Uh. Good Willow dresses up in Evil Willow's evil outfit in order to fool the bad guys and express her self-loathing in the third person. <laughs> In the end, the good guys prevail and decide that they just can't dust a vampire that looks like their friend. Uh, sorry about that, Jesse. Instead, they send her back to the Mirror Mirror universe, where the Terran Oz dusts her with a goatee. The end. What? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's awesome. All right, uh, let's move on to Great Lines. John, it looks like you got the first. Yeah, I just really love when... Uh, Oz says, I'd call that a radical interpretation of the text. <laughs> totally. I don't even remember exactly what, uh, what Willow says to him, but uh, I feel like that's a thing that happens in relationships a lot where one partner is uh, interpreting things as like, I'm a bad person. So I'd call that a radical interpretation of the text. No, no, she, she says, you think I'm boring, don't you? That's what it is, yeah. Um, I really like uh, the pun at the beginning where he goes, where Fa uh, Buffy, Buffy goes, I know Faith's not going to be on the cover of Sanity Fair. Yes, excellent. Yeah. Solid. I about a shot to Vanity Fair. It was unreal. <laughs> uh, Mike, you want to do the next one? Yeah, I mean, you, you called this. This is a so good one, though. This is uh, Dark Willow. Oh, no, no, Willow, rather. I'm so evil and skanky, and I think I'm kind of gay. There's so much going on. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah. of that, I mean, this, that's like, let's write a thesis about that yeah. line. Yep. And they're like, Will, just remember, a vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person, who the person was. Well, actually, that's a good point. Uh, I also oh. like, um, I'm a blood-sucking fiend. Look at my outfit. <laughs> uh, oh, for me, um, at the end of the episode, Buffy's like, you want to go out tonight? Um, Will's like, sure, how about nine? Which is... When this played, the time the episode would have ended, it would have ended like, a minute later. And they're like, oh, yeah. That's, I, that's really funny. Out. I wondered why you picked that quote. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a weird quote. I agree. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, uh, I really like the next one you're about to do. Yeah. This is the one like I always, in my mind, like whenever I think of Willow talking, she's like, 
aren't you naturally buff, buff? You know, it's like, that's like beautiful willowism, like, oh, distilled, distilled. Yeah. Yeah, I almost had that one. Um, I also really like that she laughs at it afterwards. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good pun that should be in that scene. That's later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get ready for it. Can I talk about something quickly before we go on? Because I, I know, people... Why don't we do uh, a Buffy merch segment? Starring Travis. Buffy merch segment. Okay. Merch. Merch, merch. Okay, okay. So, because I wanted to do this at the beginning of the... Um, at the podcast because um, essentially this is a limited edition just came out February 13th, 2018. If you're watching a Buffy podcast, you may actually want this. It's a four CD set. Okay. Mike can't look at some of the tracks because they're spoilers, but it's a four CD set of all the orchestral music that was made for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, Includes also the movie as well. So the movie, what do you mean? Yeah. The Buffy movie. The theatrical release that's disc four three. Oh, the and, the one that came before the tv series. yeah yeah and it comes with a really nice booklet and um what's unfortunate is that there's a only release of three thousand units okay oops can't see that um <laughs> there's spoilers all over this uh this insert but um uh you know if, if you ever wanted uh, you know to to Get some of the music that was made specially for episodes. So it's got When She Was Bad. It doesn't have really anything from season one, which is disappointing, but it has all the way seasons two through seven. So for this instance, you know, it has Doppelgangland, you know, CD track two, number four. So anyways, it's, it's just limited, which is unfortunate. So it's kind of expensive, but if you're watching a Buffy podcast in the year 2018, my hunch is that you wouldn't want to miss out on all this cool stuff. So uh, I don't work for them, just me finding it, you know, uh, me following a Twitter handle and the Twitter handle alerting everyone uh, to it. So um, just order it online and they ship it out really quickly. So, and are you, en- but are you enjoying it? Like, oh, it's great. Oh, man. Oh, dude. I was just going bananas with this because um, my favorite music is from, uh, surprised and innocence in it and it's and it's got some like the the classic piano i mean it's it's that like you know you can listen to this and you'll just hear the favorite favorite um moments of of really great episodes the only thing i wish it had in it that didn't have is season one last episode uh the music when she's running back to the library um i wish i wish i was in it but um this has my favorite music of the entire series and um uh, from season two and season three. It's at like the piano. Anyway, so it's got a lot of good stuff in here and it's got the full Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, song and the, well, it's got a lot of stuff. Um, so highly recommend it. Um, it's limited. So I, I urge, urge you all just to pick it up if, if you really want it. All right, cool. Yeah. Thank you for uh, yeah. you, Trev. Uh, let's move on to weird noticings and trivia. And we're going to start with Travis again. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actor that plays um, the demon master for Anya actually is a, ba- is a bad guy in an episode of Angel, and he does a really good job. So I thought, yeah. oh, let's reuse some actors. So whenever you see an actor in makeup, assume they are reused. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty otherwise. easy to do when <laughs> their entire face is hidden. Yeah. Um, does he get named in this one or not? I don't, rem- I don't think he I does. I don't recall a name. I'm yeah. super curious about that monster. Right. Yeah, I don't remember either. No spoilers then. And then uh, my, my preferred pun for the when Willows has this the 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 it's talking about faith and then the pencil's going crazy and it slams into the wood. 
And Buffy's like, uh, something like, like emotional, you're emotionally connected or something or attached. And Bill's like, I'm okay. And it's like, she should have said, she should have said it's all wood. Like, because it was a wood, <laughs> wood tree. It's like, it's all wood, Buff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or how about when it shots out, she goes, you gotta get the lead out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's all good. So many missed opportunities. What were the writers thinking? They were having puns like crazy in that conversation. They missed it. Yeah. I think they were really happy that that 3D of the effect of the pencil rotating didn't look like terrible. It looks good. Yeah, it looks, they looks really good. showed it off. Good. <laughs> I mean, it's it doesn't a, quite age as gracefully as they'd hoped. Um, I really liked Faith wasn't in this episode very much. She basically gets like two scenes, but um, such a bad kind of girl. Interesting to see her interact with Buffy. Like when she like reaches for Buffy, to me that feels genuine. But then, like, um, we find out, like, she's, I mean, this is the first time we've really seen Faith and the mayor interacting, and I think it's really awesome. Uh, they have a great relationship that we're, we're finding out. Um, can, uh, I, can I speak to that, the, yeah. the Faith mayor thing? Because, like, the first thing I thought is, gosh, the mayor's providing for Faith in a way the Watcher Council never <laughs> even attempted. Yeah, very it's true. It's an amazing vindication. You're like, yes. I love uh, that. Almost one of the, my favorite quotes. The like, there's immoral liaisons at that uh, hotel, and she's like, "Yeah, plus all the screwing." Um, <laughs> like my favorite oh, moment in that scene is just when he's like, you "Got the PlayStation," and like she just she just runs excitedly. Like it's not even a dialogue. It's just like she looks so genuinely overjoyed to be like pampered <laughs> to be given like a, a PlayStation. Like I I like this relationship. And the PlayStation would have been would have been relatively old. When did the PlayStation come out? It was, this is like oh, that's a good question. Um, I can and speak I, to that. No, no, it was it wouldn't it would um it would have been out. The N sixty four would have been out or been coming out very. The N sixty four would have been out very soon, but it was still within the life cycle of the PlayStation. I think it was released in nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety seven in the US. Um, this uh, yeah. Is, I would confirm the release date because I don't know how excited people should be about it if they're like. It was a big deal. It was. It's it, like, it, I yeah, I agree. I feel like it, it could read as like old, like old man, not quite with the times, being like kids like PlayStation, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, and I wonder if are they also signaling that they're making a Buffy video game by even calling out the existence of the PlayStation? Are they incepting it? You know, kind of like where you might get paid to use a Windows mobile phone in a show in order to like those paying for that yeah. placement that's um one of my favorite terrible like product placements is um in an episode of smallville because <laughs> uh, there's like a character who's like been in an insane asylum for 10 years and then she gets out and then she like the next scene drives up and she's like clark get into my new kia <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, it's all new to her anyways. Like, <laughs> check out these new shoes and this new Kia. Uh, John, what do you mean by uh, Kay's Choice? Oh, so the band. the band, the bronze is Kay's Choice. Okay. So you definitely know Kay's Choice from the song Addiction, which is, uh, they're just such a, they're, they're a really appropriate bronze band because they had one actual hit. And this is, I think, a little later. Um, and they've really gone downhill because they actually had like a number one hit, I think. And now it appears that they are opening for Dinko's Ate My Baby because it seems like they're going on first. <laughs> yeah, I thought right. about that. Dude, and the, and don't you dare talk smack about Kay's Choice. It's so good. 
and the dingoes are so down on themselves, right? They're like, oh, we should get like some help moving gear. And it's like, yeah, you got to play more than three cards. You know, like they're like kind of talking about themselves being a shitty band. And you're right. The opening act is so good. <laughs> I find it. I Did we know that the dingoes are like a touring band? That they went oh, to yeah. Like, I was surprised. Yeah, they had a game in Monterey. Uh, I was at a derby game. Uh, <laughs> what are you showing, Travis? It's Case Choice. I love Case uh, Choice. Oh, Okay. <laughs> They're not a crappy band. They haven't gone down hill. You have, sir. <laughs> Check your ego, okay? That's what I'm saying. No, I like Case Choice. They're fun. Well, I like them. I was at a, a derby game last night, and the visiting team was from Monterey Bay. They were the Monterey Bay Beasts of Eden versus the home team was the Hello Organic Rollers. Uh, so I don't know. Monterey Bay is actually interesting because it's kind of midway between the LA area and the like, uh, the Bay area. So it's a good, uh, good midpoint. Uh, sorry, that's not interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, you want to talk about Dark Willow? Yeah, just the Dark Willow appearance when she first kind of like, uh, you know, appears in the the real Sunnydale. Uh, her walk down this like what appears to be clearly a set. They're, just, they're one main street, yeah. Yeah, uh, she just looks really vulnerable and more like Willow then uh, during that initial appearance. And yeah, uh, you know we can talk more about you know Willow v Dark Willow in this, but like the vulnerability she expressed was really like surprising because I only I re- as I recall her from the episode she's in The Wish, right? Like she was kind of like very sure of herself, and that Emma was really good and played well. Uh, shows that she's really willow underneath, and like I thought that was it was like a good, good acting moment. I really, it liked. was, yeah. And also to show like the things that are bothering her are normal things, you know, <laughs> like uh, there's so many humans, um, and that's the same location that we first meet Champ Willow in the Wish. Mm-hmm. She's in mm-hmm. front of that theater. Um, it reminded yeah. me of something you said about monsters once, where you're talking about, and maybe you're quoting someone else. I don't know, but like where. You know, monsters, like a lot of time we see them and, eh, you know, they're like drawing their fangs about to kill something, but like showing a monster when it's just sleeping or just being a normal thing yeah. is kind of important. And yeah, so- that's like, like how does a, a monster exist as like an organic creature and what are they doing when they're not just hunting? What's their like actual lifestyle? Yeah. Uh, John, uh, you get the next question. Yeah, I'm just I just want to point out that there's no particular reason to believe that Willow would be a particularly scary badass vampire. So she arrives from the other dimension and immediately all has all the other vampires under her thumb. I'm just is there any reason why we would expect that? I mean, I I like other than because she's a main character. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah. I mean, I I would argue it's maybe because like first she's like used to a world where like vampires are right. out of control, so it's like that kind of thing yeah uh, but it's also i think it like when you're a vampire it's not about like your physical strength when you were a human or anything because like it's all magic strength anyway it's more about like all the issues you had as a human reversing themselves like so it's all about just how beat up willow real will willow feels like reverses to how strong vampire willow feels right like that's why when Jesse became a vampire, he was like a lady killer because he was right a lady loser. So the weaker you are as a human, the stronger you are as a vampire, maybe. As long as you like super are resentful of it. Right. It makes sense. Uh, well, what's the... Uh, emotional truths. That's great. I love that. 
I yeah, that, that's my theories. I don't I don't know if you expected a real answer, but no, that's good. That, that's as good an answer as I as, as I could have asked for. Uh, what's uh, the deleted scenes? There's there's one little bit I guess that was deleted from the um from the script where uh, in fact after after uh, Devin from Dingo's Ate My Baby is talking about uh, how they should hire a roadie and then you know Angel comes in and is like Oz I need to talk to you. Um, Apparently the next thing that happens that got cut is that the, the Devin from Dingo's Ate My Baby offers Angel the job of Rhodey for the band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Angel just says no. Like, that's basically it. That's funny. I like how kind of thick Angel is in this episode. Like, yeah. there's the thing later on where he's like, I have something to tell you. Willow's gone. Oh, hey, Willow. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that, yeah. And like where... Uh, Oz is like, why are you trying to beat up 10 people? It's not going to work. And he's just like, I'm going to do it. It's fine. <laughs> I like Angel in this episode. He's great. He's like emotionally vulnerable also and like trying to figure things out. This is like a good, the best version of Angel, like one of the best versions of Angel. This guy. I like the thing of like, he, he casually climbs up those ropes and then later on Devin tries to do it. <laughs> just a weird visual gag. Um, yeah, uh, you got the next one, John. I just want to call out that, that one of the best things that's ever happened on Buffy is in this episode when uh, they realize that Willow's back and they all just like rush her to hug her and give her a giant hug. And then yeah. she's like, Giles, what's happening? And then he rushes her and gives her a hug. It just feels so good to see it that does. scene. It's great to see because Giles usually holds in his emotions. It's great to see how much Giles cares about Willow. Yeah, that's really sweet. And uh, also just like connected to that when... Xander yeah, when Xander's like, she was so much better than me. <laughs> He's so, like, yeah, so yes, much better. Much better. <laughs> oh, and we missed a good line there. Uh, where yeah. Willow says, uh, it's nice you guys missed me. Miss me. Uh, say, didn't you uh, all happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so we have the answer finally to a question that's been puzzling us since the beginning of the series. Yeah. The bronze does, in fact, serve alcohol. Uh, although they're very, they're sticklers about carding. That's what we've learned about the bronze. <laughs> but they definitely don't stamp anybody or give them bracelets or anything. Yeah, nothing like that. Nope. And like, did it's still strange to me that all of the high school kids are allowed to hang out there. Did they put the Coca-Cola in a red cup? I totally forgot to look for that. Like, she's like, can I get a Coke? Did we actually see the cup it comes out in? Uh, I don't know if I noticed it. Um, did anyone else think for a second that the bartender was Casey Affleck? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not, but for a second I thought it was. And then I got into this whole thing in my head really quick where I was like, Ben Affleck had a cameo in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Casey Affleck has a, a cameo really in the TV cool. series. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. But, oh, it's in the, in the movie. He's got a cameo uh, as a, base, as yeah. a basketball player. Um, but Bummer. it didn't really connect because that was not Casey Affleck. I, I like that saying you're a thousand doesn't work. Uh, to get <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in Sunny, like that also... <laughs> In Sunnydale is maybe not the strangest thing to say. Like, oh yeah, bartender's completely yeah. unfazed by it. He's not like, what? Yeah, he's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. This this proves that Anya should have gone to Willie's bar because Willie's bar is like so much seedier and definitely would have been like, yeah. oh, what, you you a demon now? You're not a demon? Okay, sure, I'll serve you. You know, it's like, oh, it's. I, I hope there's another bar because if you're in Sunnydale, your options are to like drink around high school kids or to go to a bar full of monsters that want to eat you. <laughs> There's been so much carnage at the, at the bronze. Also, this show, 
I think should be called The Bronze. I, I, the show is freaking obsessed with The Bronze. Yeah, I think after so this week's episode, I mean, this has happened a lot, but like, why do people return to The Bronze? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be held hostage. There is a hugely good chance. It's just, what I also hell? like the whole reality of the show where it's like, people recognize that as Willow. And like they don't necessarily get the explanation of what happens. So for like when she comes back later, like next episode, like I don't know, just like what's there's the lady who killed this other lady. Yeah, uh, there's that regular patron who took us all hostage once and slaughtered somebody. And like yeah, everybody at the at the bronze now for sure knows vampires are real, right? Like, <laughs> how many hostage situations does it take? That shit is out of the bag. Oh, man. Uh, Mike, you got the uh, next note. Oh, that just they do a really good job of differentiating between Dark Willow and regular Willow, even with the costume change that takes place. And yeah. I was never confused. Yeah, they do uh, an amazing job. Uh, like, there's details, like, even when Willow's in the outfit, like, her hair is still regular Willow. Just, like, the part is, like, to the side instead of in the middle. And, like, the makeup isn't as intense. Mm -hmm. Um, which uh, they should have thought about if they were really going to try to pull this off. But yeah, just like it's so, from like a technical standpoint, right? It's so hard to like make something like that work and they did it. That's why it gets scars. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, normally with if the twins thing is like happening in a show, you know, they kind of, they're either like Sherlock Holmesing it where they don't want you to know that there are twins or like they want to have a strong differentiator and like, for instance, the one I think of when I think of twins is that stupid Jean-Claude Van Damme one double impact, right? Yeah. And like, they do not do a good job of so differentiating good. the two Jean-Claudes very much from each other. Like one is a massive star, right? Dude, it's so bad. No, it is they don't so talk the same. They don't, one is like freewheeling and crazy and the other is kind of more conservative and uptight. But yeah. like- Part of it is Jean-Claude can't change his accent, but he's supposed to be from like two different places. Two it's entirely different countries. <laughs> Two totally different friggin' countries with different accents. I mean, all they want to do is one scene where it's like, I'll go hi, you go hello, you know, and like have a guy get kicked and punched at the same time. Like, it's stupid. Like, I think it's, well, I think it's like, there's a lot of John Claude Van Damme movies where he fights his clone or his doppelganger, right? Is it's there, like is the it more than of, just Double Impact? There's, um... Universal Soldier, but I think he's fighting against Dolph Lundgren in that one. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I mean, felt like, there's same. Time Cop, right? Doesn't he fight himself in Time Cop? Um... I think he fits the future. He does assist himself in the past, but they don't touch. Uh, right. And there's yeah. a there's a, a newer movie where he like an Amazon movie where he like meets himself. Okay, so three times probably, and they do a terrible job in all three cases of determining one from the other. <laughs> oh man, how many more doppelgangers are we going to see, Mike? Is that your predictions? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I can do one if you like. You don't have to. Um, I, I think uh, Cordelia is really great in this episode. Um, oh, the, I mean, she only basically has the one scene, but it's so good. Like, uh, first of all, she's not confused that she's not phased at all by Willow being in a cage. Doesn't pick up the clues of her being a vampire. <laughs> and then when she finally gets attacked, she's just like, they got Willow. So what are you doing? Like, <laughs> not affected at all by her friend, her like former friend being dead. Uh, that's so good. She's a survivor, man. Uh, yeah, I really like the good Willow as evil Willow in the bronze. Um, 
like her just trying to um, play that, but being so bad at it, like getting her hair, her hand cut in that girl's hair. Uh, yeah. Oh, and she's like this to Oz. She's like, hi, Oz. <laughs> that hand caught in the girl's hair is a great detail because oh. the, the, the girl is so terrified. She like doesn't move. It's, yeah. like, it's that's really creepy. Yeah. That bit. That's a really good move. I like it because it shows the like awkwardness that Willow experiences as a character, right? The lack of confidence. It's such a simple gesture. So yeah. she's like moving in to be creepy, but it's not pulling off creepy. It's great. <laughs> Versus Dark Willow's creepiness. Oh yeah, she she creepy. She'd be creepy, yeah. Oh, it's such a great moment when Willow's like, ah, oh, this thing's so constricting. Oh, hello. And then Xander <laughs> <laughs> and Giles look. <laughs> Yeah, they're so uncomfortable. I like that uh, uh, in this episode. In this episode, like even Vampire Willow is over, like over Vampire uh, Xander. Like, yeah, so over him. Like we got to admit, he's not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's it for our weird noticings and trivia. Uh, let's move on to questions for the group. Um, so, Mike, you got um, some puzzlement you want to figure out. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about Anya and the demon. So I didn't understand from the wish, and maybe I should have, but Anya is like over a thousand years old. What is she? Who's the demon she's talking to? Uh, so I understand that she is not from Sunnydale. She's not supposed to be in a high school student's body now. What is she? And she's not supposed to be flunking algebra. Good I questions, like, Mike. And if you can't answer that question, I get that, but it's just like, the show is setting up a lot of confusion about this character, and like I don't. Okay, you're just agreeing. That it's well, Did I we think our time at the end of your, your question is like, um, is this old info that I missed? Ed, we'll tell you, you haven't missed it yet. Um, yeah, they, there might be more. Look at her origin story. I thought, yeah, stay tuned. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> it was just the conversation with the demon felt like out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, what? Who's this new character? That was, and it's just like a really fun uh, scene to throw in that like yeah. felt very, uh, uh, what, you know, it just felt like out of nowhere. The demon also is pretty cool looking. Like, I think very rarely does the show do demons like in the goat-like way. Um, mm -hmm. So this guy's got that goat thing going on. Whatever his name is, I don't know. <laughs> you got the next question also, Mike. Oh, sure. So in this episode, the principal, um, Snyder, asks Willow to help a student with his homework. Uh, more than help, of course, uh, to do the homework. But does that ever happen, Teach? No. Uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, again, I don't work in a high school. I work in an, in an elementary and middle school. But so you don't no. assign homework? I do assign homework. Uh, many teachers assign homework, but you would never assign someone someone else's homework. <laughs> you're never like, hey, you're smart. He's dumb. Help him out. Uh, the thing is that actually doesn't really work very well, even like if in group work. Like, uh, it's, I think it's kind of a rookie mistake when, you make, when you're making student groups to put your smartest kid and your uh, most struggling kid together. Uh, yeah. You think that's going to work, and it, it, what it does is it makes them hate each other. <laughs> uh, so that's, I think that's kind of a classic rookie mistake. Um, John, have you ever tried to, um, have you ever needed to catch people turning in homework that they didn't do? Uh, yeah, I've, yes. I've, yes, I've had to do that. And plenty of like uh, trying to explain like the boundaries of what is and is not cheating. Like it's okay for you to copy someone else's notes so you can have notes, but it's not okay to copy somebody else's homework and turn it in. Like 
that is obvious to me, but it is not obvious always to kids. And they genuinely sometimes did not know that that was cheating. Uh, I just watched a Smallville episode where there's a cheating scandal among the uh, football players uh, and the coaches mm-hmm. got fire powers. Yes. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, Travis, you got the next question. It's really hard to watch two shows about superpowered people in high school at the same time. It mixes your brain up. (laughs) It's all that, you know, uh, maroon kryptonite that that someone has put underneath your pillow. Um, Let's see, Willow, I think Willow's the first Scooby to look into another dimension. I was trying to think about this. Anne, the episode Anne. Buffy goes to the the demon dimension. She goes to an actual, another, she literally visits another dimension. Um, but it, it's not a mirror dimension. Like this okay. one is a more of a mirror dimension than the, what Buffy had seen, right? Okay. I mean, but yeah, Buffy's the only other one I can think of um, going to another dimension. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. But she doesn't say anything. She doesn't <laughs> At the end of the episode, she's not like speaking up about, hey, I saw a bunch of really weird stuff. Let me tell you all about it. This is how our lives could have been. That was another uh, good line that I almost wrote. They're like, did you check under the couch cushion? Inhale. Yeah, she's got some, yeah, when she's like dropping, dropping her insults at Anya, it's pretty great. Uh, so speaking of doppelgangers, uh, how do you think you would react if you met yourself? Um, this was a question I was, I was asked by a cartoonist. Who, they said like, um, how you would like, meet yourself like really like how you think you would react to meeting yourself really shows me who you are as a person and they were like like would you have sex with yourself i was like i would way more likely murder myself than seriously it would be a total thomas Riker situation i would not be able to handle being around myself <gasps> is that a star trek reference it is a star trek reference i think uh, i would just ask myself are you the are you like my evil are you like my evil version or my good version i think that'd be my number one question yeah, what if though, like, I think, what if your uh, alternate self actively was trying to seduce you? Would you be game? I think that's a, a more <laughs> tricky question. I, mean, I think I probably wouldn't be, but because of... Uh. Yeah, I'm not that into me. Um, <laughs> you can't give an honest answer unless you've actually been in that position before, so. Very sure. true. It's, it's a Maybe, like, if it was the me who, instead of drinking beer and eating pizza all the time, like, worked out a lot, <laughs> I'd maybe be into that. Uh, what if he was like, oh, Dennis, this is such an amazing drawing. You're so good at this. <laughs> complimentary, complimentary will get me anywhere. And he picks up a copy of X-Men. He's like, did you draw this? You know, like, oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. So like Buff Me also doesn't know how to draw. Yeah. Well, so no. The opposite just... you is a buff. Is doppelganger need to be opposite you? Like in terms no, of I don't know. quality or a bit? Well, Not necessarily. I'm just trying to think of the situation where I'd be like into myself. Oh, where, oh so like where would you fuck and where would you kill yourself, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, if it's a mirror copy, kill. If it's the yeah, better looking version, fuck, definitely. Well, if it's like the yeah. antithesis or the, you know, I don't know. I had a little bit of that experience today in my improv workshop because I'm working with people that look a lot like me. <laughs> He's on the lamb, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. How sure are we we have the real Michael Polly on the podcast today? <laughs> did he kill him? Did he kill someone in improv or did they have sex in improv? 
Well, there's just like, there's a type of person that looks like me that does improv, right? right? And like, everyone already thinks that they've friended me on Facebook and they haven't because I'm the new version of me that's just been released to this community, apparently. (laughs) And uh, so there's like a bit of, I've been in a scene with this guy kind of vibe, but I have not been in scenes with these people. And uh, that's kind of a weird, familiar thing that actors give you. And like, it's just a total, uh, it was like totally neutral and not very exciting. But I, I do think that like, you know, something should happen when you meet your opposite self, something crazy. It's like either we're best friends for life and we have some, you know, we're going to trick people like twins, you know, threaten to do, or yeah, the fucker kill. It's like best friends, fucker kill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something, something has to happen. Oh when you I'm, I'm glad you brought this like, up. Like, oh. That was like, my next question was like, how many run-ins have you had with doppelgangers? So it sounds like you've had that recently. That's some shit I have to deal with a lot. Like I have like good friends who will be like, message me and be like i just thought i ran into you in new hampshire but i it was somebody else like and and what do you say when that happens like because they think that they've continued the relationship in some way right like like yeah there's some i mean i think it was great to see you sorry i couldn't catch up i was busy (laughs) no they'll be they'll be like i tried to say hello to you and it wasn't you and i got really embarrassed you know i think there's just like i'm a similar i'm a generic enough human being like there's people out there who look enough like me that it confuses people. Um, I've never met back. anyone anything like you, Dennis. You're one of a kind to me. You should uh, just be like, just text them back. You know, you know what, man? Just keep trying. I'm out there. Like, just. <laughs> I know you're embarrassed, but I'm worth it. You just keep approaching these strangers in this small town in Vermont. It's gonna be me one of these days. One of these days. Uh, but it, I don't know. It's a similar experience to what Mike just described. Of like, or people like I've had people come up to me and start talking. And like, no, we met at like this bar or whatever. I was like, that wasn't me. Like, that's that other dude who looks like me who's running around. Oh, I want you to have the, have that Shaggy song just like on your phone, ready <laughs> to play. Just, it like, wasn't me, Shaggy. <laughs> that's just for the one line. Just the one line. You just I, have I like that ten seconds. The context of the song, even it's just no. because it wasn't me. But yeah, it's like three second clip you have loaded on your phone. What is like? Hold on. Uh, John and Trav, have you run into yourselves or had people? Uh, there was somebody once who, a friend of mine, who told me that they had a good friend who was uh, looked and acted like me, except that he was Saudi. So it was they went around oh, calling yeah. him Saudi John Landis. Oh, <laughs> I don't feel good for that guy. Just yeah, I never met him. I know I felt bad. He didn't even have his own name exactly. He was just country plus me. <laughs> Maybe every country has a me. I don't know. Ooh. What, what's going to happen when you meet British John Landis? That's a good question. He'll, Maybe he'll, he's moving to America right yeah. now. You're going to just switch, switch identity cards. You're going to pull your card out of the wall and be like, okay, here you go, like, sir. Oh, this, yeah, this passport and visa issue just became a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's an interesting idea. With facial recognition software, I bet. No, oh, you could, you could fool it for another few years. You could fool facial yeah. recognition. Right. They still Eventually, it will catch up differentiating between like cats and dogs and siblings you got some times but yeah that's an interesting thought yeah but there was my that phone thinks bit. i'm like at least four different people because exactly. of length of beard and like you know oh yeah uh, yeah yeah uh me no i haven't met anyone like me unfortunately or even looking like me or having similar interests i would take either at this point in life i feel like it would be super just given your job it would be super intense if you found like like found you in your job, like yeah. a guy needing surgery or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've met people that look like my brother. 
And I'm like, wow, you really look like my brother. I don't tell him that, but I'm like, wow, this guy looks like just like my brother. It's very strange. Uh, Travis, you got the next question. Ooh, is it appropriate for Cadelia to dress to the nines to go pop in and casually see, you know, Giles or Wesley? That's why she was all dressed up all fancy. She's like, she oh, is dressed up incredibly. I need the book. Like, Giles, just like, Wesley. Like, she yeah. looks like she's going to, like, a movie premiere or, like, yes. fancy cocktail party. Something. Something right. way beyond my life experience to dress like that. <laughs> yeah. Cocktail <laughs> party. She's like, Giles. You have occasions to dress up for, Densley. You just received an award. That's not the in, time. Not in sequence, although... I guess I, yeah, I could have dressed up better for my award. <clears throat> uh, guys, I won an award. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast. I got Woo! the best novel for 2018 with the Silver Screen Festival put on by Famous Monsters. Uh, Yay! Thank you. Thank you. And uh, if you're interested in this in the uh, comic, it's available inside the book Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales, available on Amazon. Can't say enough good things about it. Thank you. Does this mean my, my, uh, my charcoal drawing that you did for me has increased in value? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Now it's by an award-winning uh, artist and writer. We'll have to update the plaque that sits underneath it. I'll send you the laurels <laughs> and you can put them on the- Print your own uh, custom plaque. <laughs> He's a one-of-a-kind guy you can find, you can almost run into everywhere in America, apparently. No, it's amazing. But is it appropriate for Cordelia to be all dressed up, all fancy like? Uh, nothing. On, I mean, inappropriate for Wesley to be to react to it. I don't think there's anything on Cordelia for. Agree. Yeah. It's right? kind of like kind of dicey, but all right. Ooh, another good line that we missed from the episode was when um, they're like, "Buffy's like Giles, what's going on? You know, there's two willows," and then he's like, "There's something going on," and Xander's like. <laughs> Can't believe the Watchers Council let this guy go. You know, <laughs> oh, that, was, that was a good line. That's a good. Uh, that was a that whole scene is the uh, yeah. uh, when Xander puts the cross at real Willow, and then like shakes it to make. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the batteries are loose. Yeah, there was a surprising amount of cross action in this episode, but it yeah. seemed to work a little bit. So totally worth it. Yeah, you get um, the idea. Just like it's a general irritation. It's like. Uh. This episode was so easy to listen to because I listened to it in the car and like it really works. Like you don't have to watch this episode if you've seen it before. Yeah. Like, a lot of the, the audiobook like, works fine. Oh yeah. yeah it works really uh, well. Wesley's me. shriek when Cornelius scares him. <laughs> Woo! He's like, uh, he so, looks uh, a different uh, <laughs> I know. What's so, up, Mike? Travis, were you asking about the outfit that Cordelia's wearing because She's clearly dressing for Wesley and Giles. Oh, she, oh no, she's dressing for Wesley. So yeah, she yeah, comes into the library for her. Yeah, just showing her interest, right? That's the clue, right? It's like, is it appropriate like, for her to be trying to hook up with Wesley? It's just trying to dress his age, right? <laughs> I mean, she's... He's a fancy boy. He likes fancy dress. I mean, she was stunning in the dress. But she's also like 27, 28. They really... They're not trying to make her look like a high schooler. <laughs> no, no, no. They're <laughs> like, they must have finally given up. But I'm like, well, that's kind of a dicey subject. But here it's like a lot more sort of innocent. I mean, it's, I'd say, as it's inappropriate as Wesley and Cordelia can be or could be, uh, it's not more inappropriate than 
Buffy and the show has Angel, been right. Yeah, yeah, it's correct. Yeah, Angel's a way older than Wesley. It's not great. I will just say it's just one of those things that's not great to have, have been like a plot theme. But yeah, I don't know. It's nothing we can change about it now. So, uh, and then you ask about the uh, oh yeah, Mike. Dominatrix. Can we give Mike a, a a courtesy point because Willow herself jokes about Dominatrix Willow in this uh, episode. I think we'll, you'll find that Mike's prediction was that Willow will never be a dominatrix. So this is even more negative points. For yeah, if, if we're going to do something, we would have to, it would have to be a double whammy, which we won't do. Oh, we I don't thought... do double whammies. <laughs> Yet. Okay, I thought he was predicting that she was a dominatrix. No, the prediction, because what happened was that she yelled at Jonathan for peeing in the pool. Oh, yeah. And then Mike predicted that there will never be a Willow dominatrix scene. Right, because uh, she's clearly like, that would be the opposite of that. Oh, okay. Right. I thought maybe you made the okay. I'm all confused. All right, Mike's Mike's got something else. Mistress of the dark. Oh, so we need to talk about this scene at one point or another. But what's going on in the Willow Dark Willow scene where there's a potential for a team up, and it gets uh, very sexual and it gets very strange. And you know, I can give you my take on this, but I am curious what other people think of it. And maybe because I haven't seen it before, I will. I'll just yeah. Say fresh, take. fresh take. Fresh take is this scene surprised me. <laughs> Uh, I don't, you know, because we're talking about you meet your doppelganger, what do you do, right? And like the potential of like every possible outcome is kind of like in the room with that. And then, you know, in time travel movies, you can't touch somebody because you two objects can occupy the same space, same time. So that's clearly not the case in this. Allegedly. Scene. You know, they, <laughs> there is touching. There's touching. And There's too like, much touching. Hands, hands. Yeah. And there is too much touching. Um, it, it's just, as a, it was like it's a delightful scene to watch because it's so uh, characters playing out of their comfort zone but like simultaneously uh and it's just a lot of fun but like jesus that you know like i hadn't even pictured this as a fan fiction possibility and so now it's like that's all i can think about is like well clearly this needs to happen but then yeah. they kill dark willow at the end of the show but like this, if they don't kill Dark Willow, like this scene needs to reach its logical conclusion because Dark Willow wants it to happen. So that was just the, as, as my reaction to it, I'm like, okay, well, clearly they need to have sex because there is the sexual tension so intense here yeah. reduced to the show. It's not me fantasizing about it. The show no, is, there, it's, the tension's the there. The subtext has become the text. as, uh, as Highlighted, in fact, text. Uh, I think there's two yeah. weird things about this. and I'd love to know your opinion about this. Number one, does it, the last person to embrace Willow is Willow, or Dark Willow is Willow, and then Dark Willow's killed. That's kind of funky. Like, would you would you want to be embraced by your doppelganger before you die? And number two, would you have would sex you with your, would you would you have sex with your doppelganger knowing that would be the last thing your doppelganger ever did before they died? Obviously, yes, like, yes, you know, yes, yes. especially if if I hated my doppelganger, I would have sex with him just to torture him before he died. Be like, this is the last thing you'll remember. <laughs> so, uh, awful I don't know. I should not ask questions. I did not yeah. want to know the answer. That's uh, horrifying, Dennis. Sorry, I was a horror cartoonist. Horror comic. I think I think like to talk about like the the show and the way it treats metaphors literally and stuff is like the idea of like. If Vampire Willow is like a part of Willow that Willow needs to explore or is interested in exploring, like instead of exploring it internally, it's like a physically manifested thing. She's like physically exploring herself externally instead of internally, you know, <laughs> like uh, um, 
I think that's kind of interesting. No, it's just, I, I was surprised at the show's take on it because here's something I learned from acting, guys. Uh, a scene between two characters that are far apart, that are sexually attracted to each other, there's tension in that scene. But when they're right next to each other, it's just they're going to have sex and there's no tension. And so it's like, there's no tension. They are going to have sex that has to happen. And like, it, it just felt like they could have, they were going to play with it more or it was going to happen. And like, man, it's just like a Buffy fan explosion, you know, like this. So the term for this, <laughs> the, the term for this in fan fiction is self-cessed is the term. <laughs> yes. Uh, Don't define it. Don't define it. Well, I mean, it's what it sounds like. It's having sex with yourself, which is oh. incestuous because you're in your own family, I guess. Oh, self-cessed. Uh, so, but um, there are archive of our own, which doesn't probably have a lot of Buffy stuff because it was invented long after Buffy, um, but has seven uh, different stories that are tagged as uh, Vampire Willow slash Willow. They're going to say seven hundred. Yeah, <laughs> seven hundred sounds more reasonable. No, that um, hundred stories. Uh, self-cessed in general. There's there's about fifteen hundred stories that include self-cessed for all kinds of things, including Hannibal um marvel there's this here's the tony stark has sex with himself uh let's see um something from i don't even know what that is mr robot oh mr robot the guy in mr robot has sex with himself um all of the characters in harry potter have sex with themselves uh oh, there's a time turner this is terrible also it feels like our show is sponsored by archive of our own uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's just so much fun to be had on archive of our own so uh i don't this one's really weird if you know what it is uh there's weird stuff where um the characters from um undertale the rpg have sex with themselves I don't know if you've ever played Undertale. It's a good game, but that's really that, that is a very strange thing that someone apparently has written. Uh, and on and on. I mean, I could go on. Uh, it's just it's just a delightful scene to see Dark Willow exploring every possible relationship with Willow in a brief moment, and then ultimately, like none of these things happen. Willow, you know, prevails as a good person, but is kind of considering all the options as they happen, and like that part is really crazy. Like, I don't know. It felt like a strong, a strong emotional possibility of like you're if yourself is initiating all these potential relationships, because you certainly wouldn't do those things, but if yourself does, you're like, oh, maybe I would do those things. Uh, anyway, it's, maybe that's it. It's just like a fun exploration. Everyone's just nodding. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yes, that bit is, is fun and strange. All right, uh, want to move on to themes and deep stuff? Please. All right, uh, I say... Uh, this season is very much about the, the the recurring thing of theme of doubles with Willow and Dark Willow, Buffy and Faith, Giles and Wesley. Uh, mostly about the path not taken, uh, the the you who turns evil because of circumstances beyond their control. Uh, and Buffy basically says something to that effect mm -hmm. at the beginning of the episode when she's talking about Faith. Yeah. Um, so that that's the theme I saw. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense too as like a high school show or about somebody who's a you know this is their senior year of high school where I, I think the process of growing up is the process of you know murdering off all of the selves you could be right you, you gradually collapse into one which it's also like uh your your brain trimming right right yeah all the possibilities of trimming down to what what you actively use 
somebody once uh, sat me down and was like, dude, you know how like words that uh, end in side are about killing, like, you know, homicide and, you know, matricide and regicide. Well, think about the word decide. Dude. Wow, that is <laughs> Did that happen at a circle K? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't remember, but I kind of hope that it did. Until proven otherwise. Until you show me documentary yes. proof. I'm going to go ahead and just say that happened at Circle K. That happened yeah. at Circle K. <laughs> Strange things were afoot. So, yeah, then that totally reflects on the, yeah, the Willow Dark Willow is rejecting all the possibilities of where herself could go and knowing that you're vulnerable to all those opportunities and then ultimately you're the self you choose to be. You know, you choose that self for a reason because that's the self you want to be. Yeah, but also like, I mean, it has a lot to, the, the heart of the episode is where Willow is talking about herself in the third person and beats up herself for not being more of a risk taker, basically, right? I mean, that's really the beginning and end of this episode is yeah. uh, Willow not being satisfied with herself for being, you right. know, for not, you know, and then I guess, I don't know where it sort of ends is like, well, she gets to try it out. It's awful. But she, it's funny, she gives it up so fast too, right? She's like, yeah, exactly. One spell goes weird. She's like, ah, later, bye. Yeah. She's all, I don't like, do this. when she's reflecting on Evil Willow, she's like, she destroyed everything she touched. And it's like, I don't know if that's true, really. She was in town for one day, became a vampire boss. You don't know anything about the uh, actual doppelgang universe. Um, it's, it's very much you're interpreting yourself, not, not vampire Willow. Uh, in, in, in the fandom, it's called the Wishverse. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think this this whole season is all about identity and trying to adjust to that adult type identity, which is a big part of the the, the trimming or making your choices. But I mean, it, it, I think it shows up in the show in a lot of different ways. But I mean, Willow's been fighting, you know, being more risk taking since the first episode with Carpe Diem, Fish of the Day. Yeah, <laughs> the first episode of season one, Carpe Diem, Fish of the Day. Oh man, still such a great joke. Um, yeah, that was my big question was, you know, was there some identity that you was thrust upon you versus, uh, I know John's going to just really make me feel guilty. Was that identity was thrust upon you or versus you choosing it? Like, this is my identity. It's tough to change your identity. It's always the joke we say, well, you know, got to move town, change your life. <laughs> you show up in the new town, nobody knows you. It can be anything. But it's tough to stay in the same town. <laughs> Move universes too. You can definitely definitely change things if you move universes. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us are in our hometown, so yeah. So we got to we choose had opportunity to change our identities uh, multiple times for each of us too. Yeah, but, I, I don't I don't want to move to change my identity, but you're kind of forced to when you move, right? Yeah, that's not like why I'm moving. I'm not moving like I want to be someone else. That's not been my motivation ever, but maybe it, it should be next time. I think I have sometimes moved with that as the intention. I mean, not like... Oh, me too. Yeah, not specifically like, uh, you know, I got to blow this town and, you know, dye my hair. It wasn't like that. It's more just like, uh, I'm unsatisfied with the job that I have. So I'm going to go to a place where I have a new job. Well, you did. I mean, you also did new friends. <laughs> hitchhiking across the country. Oh, uh, yeah. Self-discovery. No. I guess if we're going to get into pretentious 19-year-old John, sure. <laughs> As opposed to, uh, as I mean, opposed to now, I guess that's a big. I mean, the the hitchhiking thing is a big like identity changing deal. Sure. Like, yeah. Like you get to play with a new identity every town or whatever. Like, 
well, the hitchhiker is kind of like already an interesting character, right? Because he's an outsider. He has some, there's a motivation for hitchhiking. Why are you doing it? Where are you going? So like you're already in an interesting identity where there's mystery in the relate in the novel. Yeah, but me means. trying to pull off a mysterious identity was probably a lot like, you know, Willow trying to pull off Vampire Willow where I'm just like, <laughs> hey everybody, I'm here. No, I, I'm, I'm this guy. Subtle edits, subtle edits where you're like, <laughs> you want to choose like the best version of you. I think like the now, the, like, the now vernacular is like, be the best version of you. But that's not how we said it back you know, back in the day, we weren't like, be the best version. You just wanted to be a different version that you assumed was better. Well, you mean the cooler version, right? Yeah. That was like cooler version of the self. Yeah, I think, well, that's, I think all, that's what I've tried to do. <laughs> and I'm still working out those, those, those damn error messages. You know, when you, I think for me, when I was in my early 20s, like it felt like the, there, was a, there was a path laid out for what growing up was supposed to look like. And it was important to me at that time to do it on my own terms and make my own decisions about it and not just, you know, not go to college just because that was the next thing or major in X or Y because that was the next thing. Uh, it was important to me to like make a choice, even though challenge like system. Yeah. it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty arbitrary. They were really into challenging the system. Yeah. You rebel. Yep. That's what they call me. Traveling no. from town to town in your leather jacket, shaking things up. Like Spike. <laughs> Uh, Mike, are you muted? Did you say something? No, no, I was gonna. Okay. I was just gonna pretend to be a character. I know I have nothing to add about it. <laughs> All right, I think we've gotten uh, deep and thematic enough. Uh, let's move on to predictions. Travis, you might want to walk away. Why? Right, okay. A moment to walk away. What happened, Give Travis? And well, because just uh, oh. just in case uh, we make you angry in predictions. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Okay, so uh, quick identity. Okay, <laughs> I am going to try to go through these uh, a little bit quicker and uh, hopefully without uh, any um, any fisticuffs. So um, right now, Mike, you're at a seventy. Okay, so Thank you, listeners, past predictions. Uh, back in season one, Mike predicted that Willow would continue to be under threat because she is smart. So hacking the computer makes the mayor kind of go after her in this episode. Plus Anya likes chooses Willow because she's good at spells. So I feel like um, this whole thing is uh, Willow was a little targeted a little bit because she was smart. You guys feel like you want to give that one to Mike? Yeah, I'll give that to him. Yep, it that's a thumbs really, up. It feels really vague though. You guys need to make my predictions more hammered down. And this is season one, man. That's true. Yeah. Do we do we keep? Is this like a? Uh, is this like the tree of life? It keeps giving points. Like if Willow gets herself into another smart. No. Okay, predictions just, are binary. It's either true once or it's not true. It's just, that's it. So the, he predicted this in season one and it's never come up? Season, since? yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, this is one I've been keep looking back to kind of being like, is this the time? Gonna turn, yeah. is this going to turn red? Because this happened, I think, in the puppet show when like the, the, yeah, the puppet brain. was going to eat her brain or whatever um, because she had a good brain. Um, oh, wow. That's a strong <laughs> motivator to go after a smart person. Smart wow. Yeah. So, but like, I've been looking out for this to be a thing again, and it hasn't been a thing. I, I maybe I might have missed one, but I, I'm pretty sure that this is the first time that that's been very specifically because she's smart. Huh. All right. Um, there was also um, uh, Moloch, but that was earlier. The Corrupter? Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Now, we're getting into some very specific ones here. Uh, season three, episode eight, so just a little while ago, Mike predicted that there will be no more visits to the Bizarro episode universe for the, from that, no more visits to the Bizarro universe from the wish. That's a thumbs down. That's a no. 
It looked like that universe was being shut down the last time we were there. <laughs> you can time travel back to just before you die. Okay. He also very specifically predicted no more Anya. <laughs> uh, I want to say that that specific prediction you made was like the hardest I've had to poker face. <laughs> I was just like, what are you saying? I mean, you were saying all this. I'm like, stop talking. Stop predicting. Okay. Uh, now, these ones are a little bit more debatable, I guess. Um, so Mike predicted that there will be no more monsters who grant wishes you didn't know you were making. So that specific monster did come back, but she didn't actually do that thing. So do you leave that one open, you think? That's open till the end of the show. So yeah, Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, okay. Will Nevers, you know, are kind of like that. Okay. Now, the characters will not make reference to The Wish, that's the episode, but the show will. So did the characters make reference to the wish? I think that they guess they did or didn't. I think, well, if you consider the wish the entire episode, then Anya even saying like, I know Cordelia is a reference to it. That's a good point. Um, Yeah. The events of the wish. So that's denied. Okay. So that's three denials uh, and one confirmation so far. Uh, This one I just think is is interesting because – Mike predicted that Willow will lose her virginity to Oz during this season. Now, we don't know what's going to happen uh, with the rest of this season, but Willow does say at the end that, sh- that she's going to die a virgin, which definitely strongly suggests that she has not had sex with Oz yet. So she's still a virgin now. She could lose her virginity to Oz before the end of the season. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. Just That's definitely still open, but we, we have a, a point at which we can say what's going on. Um, now, uh, let's see, a couple episodes ago, Mike said, Mike predicted, that Willow will continue to be a witch. I don't know, that seemed like a pretty, pretty safe one. we close it out sometime. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, we gotta, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and give that to him today. It out. Um, he did say that Willow will master the four elements. I don't really know what we're waiting for on that one or how we're going to know. I guess yeah. wood is an element. I don't know. Oh, yeah, wood, I actually water, think, fire. Um, there is Art. a... A specific episode that addresses the four elements that's not for a couple seasons. You think there is one? Yeah. Okay, all right. So we'll just leave that the way it is. Uh, Sorry. And that is, that's it for predictions, uh, old predictions. Uh, that puts Mike currently at a 68. So, Mike, you dropped two percentage Whoa. points today. Well, it just means I can get back to 69, dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, new, new predictions. Three predictions. One, Anya is going to regain her powers during season three. She implies that she has some crazy powers that she doesn't have access to now in her conversation with the demon. She's going to get them back. Not season three. Willow will wear the dark Willow outfit again. I want to say she'll wear it in a sexual uh, scenario with uh, Oz, but I can't say that's true. I'm just going to say she's going to wear the outfit again. And, you know, and knowingly probably impersonate herself. Um, because no one knows that Dark Willow died and it's like a power costume for her to be someone else. So she's going to wear it again, the context of which I can't predict, but she's going to wear it again, like willfully knowing what it means to wear it. And uh, there will be a Bigfoot Sasquatch monster uh, (laughs) and it will be named as a Sasquatch. Where is this coming from? I was just thinking about monsters that haven't been on Buffy and I don't think there's been a Bigfoot monster. There's been a werewolf, you know? Yeah. Like, there's going to be a Bigfoot. I live in Pacific Northwest. It's just like, I was thinking that today, you know, randomly about like monster predictions I could make. 
Have you been? Have you watched any of the new season of X Files? No. There's a. There's a. I mean, X Files is terrible. But there's <laughs> new like, season, old season. It's all bad. There's the one funnier, the one good writer on X Files, Glenn Morgan, or is it is, or is it Darren Morgan? John, do you know? I don't. There's one good. There's one good writer who writes one good episode a season now. Uh, but there was a joke of like of uh, like Mulder like wasn't answering his phone. He was like, "Oh, I was out squatching." <laughs> He's like <laughs> dressed up in like uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, Spanish moss, just waiting. A for, jelly suit. <laughs> just waiting for uh, Sasquatch. <laughs> I just like that line, squatching. I was just uh, out squatching. I would. I like- would watch a show that's just Mulder doing hobbies. That that would be <laughs> yeah. a show I would watch. Oh. Um, if anyone is interested in the new seasons of X-Files, like the conspiracy theory stuff is like not only worse than it's ever been, it's like genuinely upsetting, but like that was always the worst part of the show, like in retrospect. In retrospect, yeah, totally. Uh but it's gotten so much worse. Um uh, but like there's every se- there's been two recent seasons and they both have two they both have one really good episode per season. So just watch those and they're I couldn't uh, I couldn't watch I couldn't get through. I tried to watch the the first of the the reboot season and I was just like dude, if you watch I really want somebody I'm sorry to interrupt this whole thing but like <laughs> it, I want somebody I know to watch the season, the new season premiere. Because it was the most upsetting hour of television I've ever experienced. And I can't share it with anybody. <laughs> this is uh, terrible. Try some. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, there's uh, last season, there was a really good one about um, a lizard man. And this episode has one about the mandala effect. And they're just like, Mwah, they're so good. If uh, I'll watch that, if uh, you can agree to be on my spinoff podcast about Earth Final Conflict. Dude, I'll be on every podcast about TV. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so many watching podcasts. I'm not really going to be doing an Earth Final Conflict podcast. That's not a real thing. But please watch these X-Files episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and get back to me. And, and connect with Dennis on Twitter. Or... Yes, please. I'm at Dennis Comics. Talk to me about X-Files. Uh, all right. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, let's move on from predictions to my kill count. Uh, I counted um, only one human dies at the hands of Evil Willow. I counted five staked vampires, which means five from Willow's gang got away. Um, And one hurt tree, but it'll recover. (laughs) It's just a bark wound. Uh, Oh, I should say it's all wood. (laughs) I should have saved it for this. Uh, and now we move on to recommendations. Um, I recommend Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey uh, for the evil doppelgangers. Um, and I recommend those evil robot usses. <laughs> and I recommend the 1972 Brian De Palma movie Sisters with Margot Kidder, uh, where she is both the good sister and the bad sister and their former uh, conjoined twins. And that movie is bonkers. Um, has anyone else seen it in this room? Uh, it's really good. It's got uh, the guy who played Artie Leach in Phantom of the Paradise as his as Margot Kidder's um, ex husband slash psychiatrist. It's like I don't know. It's really good and really weird. Um, and has like a sex scene that zooms into like the scar tissue from the doppel from the conjoined twin surgery, um, which is like really weird. <laughs> 
Uh, can we add to the recommendations um, the TNG episode Second Chances with Thomas Riker, the TNG episode Datalore with uh, Lore? Star Trek uh, Generations. Yeah, there's so many to add, right? No, but there's there's no there's no doubles in generations. Was it the multiple captains? Oh, that's not enough. Sorry, it has to be. Well, no, that there no. There's also Times Squared where there's two captains. There's a oh yeah, and there's um of course the original series episode Mirror Mirror. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, there's also that, there's that weird original series episode where they split off Kirk into into like what is it? It's not good and evil Kirk. It's like masculine Kirk and feminine Kirk. Yeah, it, it's stereotypes of weak willed Kirk. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to make a decision. Um, I mean, there's just so many doppelgang things, you know? Yes, yes. Um, and I regret that I recommended this movie earlier because Twins of Evil, I recommended it because there was like, uh, originally, I forget what episode I recommended it, but I was into like the Pilgrim three, thing. Episode 11, Gingerbread. Yeah, because of the burning of the stake. But it's really appropriate for this episode also because it's literally, it's about two twins and one of them is good and the other is evil and the evil one becomes a vampire. Um, so, so it's just very appropriate for this episode, but I've already recommended it. Uh, so those are my wrecks. Um, all right. So thank you guys. You've made it through another episode of Buffy Virgin. We'll be returning hopefully to a more regular schedule. Um, and uh, you can find, please, like us and subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel uh follow us on twitter at buffy virgin pod we're on instagram we're on facebook um give us uh reviews on itunes it helps um i'm uh dennis st john you can find me at dennis comics d-e-n-i-s-c-o-m-i-x uh michael poli where are you at yeah i'm at michael poli uh i have a vlog i'm gonna start releasing videos every thursday uh so hopefully that will start to happen this week, but not the, it will already have happened when you listen to this podcast, likely or be the same day as uh, we're going to start doing a blog as Buffy Virgin to try and reach more people uh, to increase the SEO value of the stuff that we do, because there's no transcription of this, you know, conference call slash podcast we do. So uh, we'll work on that. Um, that's all. Hey.